Thanks for listening to the weekend message from Abundant Life Church. Most weeks on the podcast, you'll hear teaching from our lead pastor, Jeremy Jernigan. We have campuses in Oregon and Washington and are committed to giving ourselves to make the gospel good news for others. Find out more about Abundant Life Church at alcpnw.com. Well, happy Mother's Day and welcome to Abundant Life Church. My name is Jeremy and I'm the lead pastor here. And today is very special because I'm joined by my wife, Michelle. And I got to say, the last couple of months, I have been giving these messages to an empty room. It's great to have a friend here. It's fun to be here. Happy Mother's Day. Well, happy Mother's Day to you as well. And the last couple months, uh, I've shared a lot of my perspective on quarantine and things of, of our household. I thought it would be fun uh, to give everyone an update from your point of view. How is quarantine going in our family? Uh, it's an interesting time. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it is so odd to be in this season. I think I'll look back on this time a lot and try to process what is actually happening right now. Uh, we have a f- four kids that are in school that now we are holding that responsibility of trying to educate. And between that and I think both of us working, I actually think it's really, really challenging. I mean, we fought about, no joke, Taco Bell this week uh, several (laughs) times. And it is just, um, you know, I think there's just a lot of like really simple, awesome moments. And then also some moments filled with just sadness and grief. You know, we have a fifth grader who just realized that they're not going to... uh, He's not going to do all of the fifth grade, you know, elementary graduation kind of things. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate if you have, you know, seniors or um, anyone that is experiencing a milestone or would have been, they're not anymore. So it's just this odd paradox of time where you think you have all the time in the world and, and yet you hardly have any time. And so it's just has been uh, very, very unique and very, very challenging. So uh, some days are, I think, are really, really fun, and other days are not fun at all. Yes, as I'm sure many of you have experienced as well. Any changes or anything fun that you want to share about your quarantine that's kind of quirky or weird? (sighs) Yeah, well, so my hair is... (laughs) Very long right now, uh, as you may have been uh, noticing in the last. It is uh, getting longer and shaggier. Last few weeks. Um, so what's fun is what you guys may not know is Michelle and I were high school sweethearts, uh, dated through college, and I actually grew my hair out in college, and I feel like I'm getting back to that version of me. And so, well, <laughs> something. I I came back from like we did long distance, so I hadn't seen him in a while. And it grew so long, he actually did have it tied back with a rubber band. Ponytail, guys. I was one of those guys. It's hard, though. That would be a hard transition. Maybe quarantine (laughs) is is putting me back there. I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to last. But yeah, that's definitely been one uh, for me. Also, you know, we have found there's things around our house that that we normally would do that we're doing differently now. Uh, I'm not normally a soda guy, but have been drinking a little bit of Mountain Dew these days to to get me through it. So yeah. I've been trying to figure out how to make like homemade blizzards and a whole bunch of weird, I'm sure plenty of you are making like banana bread or figuring out how to make sourdough or I don't know. We're really diving deep into like our home ec skills here. 
It's, it's survival mode. <laughs> well, today we thought it would be fun, uh, in light of all that's going on, uh, in light of Mother's Day, uh, to spend a moment and, and indeed talk about this, but also talk about something that, uh, that I feel is really important that is not something we talk about a ton, uh, but we're going to talk about God as mother. And so we're going to explore a little bit of that today. And this is obviously a huge topic. We're not going to be able to unpack a ton of it, but uh, to spend the next few moments doing this. And so if you're taking notes uh, like you know, uh, normally do, I encourage you to write down the message. Uh, Today's title is God the Mother. And then uh, we're going to go in our Bibles into the Old Testament into Isaiah chapter 42. And so I want to encourage you, if you've got a physical Bible with you, you've got a Bible app on a phone or device, uh, get that ready. That's where we're going to be in just a moment. And we want to welcome you. If you are uh, watching this uh, for your very first time, if you've been uh, tuning in with us each week, if you're listening to this, however you got connected, so glad that you're here. If you are new with us, uh, we are a church about giving ourselves to make the gospel good news for others. And uh, so grateful to be a part of this. Uh, Feels like our family is getting to join your family. Uh, We've got our Starbucks. We're celebrating Mother's Day together. It's great to be with all of you guys. Probably having their, their brunch right now. You are probably having brunch, which is a little unfair, but uh, it's okay. Well, as many of you know, if you have been in the church uh, at all, uh, the idea of God as mother, not a super common idea. In fact, even as we said the title and the, the subject, maybe you're like, whoa, this is a little bit strange. Now, what you may not know, Michelle came to faith in high school, uh, a little bit different than, than my story. So I'm curious from your point of view, um, why do you think this is such a weird topic? Why do we not talk about God as mother more? You know, I don't know. I I remember that, like, obviously, when I first started going to church and hearing about Jesus and starting to read the Bible, it wasn't that I I think that they were intentionally trying to not talk about God as a mother, but that they just really, he was only referred to as he or himself or God the Father. And all of those are true. I just, I think that a lot of people didn't know how to teach this other side um, I also think that for me, a lot of beliefs or things that may be um, kind of maybe edgy for some of you, is, it's not as edgy for me because I didn't have years and years of a certain theology taught a certain way. And so when I hear an idea, I'm able to really think about it and it doesn't like ping anything that I was taught as a five-year-old or you know, a young kid. And so it doesn't wreck me, I think, in my belief system at all. But, you know, you, you were raised in the church. And so how, I mean, what would, what would be your perspective of this? I mean, what were you taught growing up that as God the mother? So I wasn't taught it. So, you know, having, having a lot of church experience and not hearing it, then you assume there's something weird to that or why, why would I not have heard more about it? But as I've gotten older and studied more of it, I've realized there's a few other reasons why as well. And I would say a couple of them are, uh, number one, the scriptures are written in uh, patriarchal societies. And, you know, that is still uh, true of of the world today, but it is even more true of you you go back to some of these cultures and and, and figure out the context 
in which the scriptures were, were written, they're very male dominated. And so a lot of the images, a lot of the understandings uh, are filtered through a cultural lens as you would expect uh, with real people and, and real uh, experiences and real moments. Uh, but that has shaped a ton and we have adopted a lot of that same culture in, into it as well. And then as I've studied as well, I've realized a lot of it's just bad theology. Uh, people that didn't really understand this and, and didn't feel like there was room. And, and I'll give you one example. Uh, if you go back and you study early church fathers, uh, you hear about a guy named St. Augustine, a very major early church leader, wrote a bunch of theology, has shaped a bunch of, uh, of ideas of what it means to be a Christian. Uh, St. Augustine uh, didn't even think that women were made in the image of God. Like that was his idea. And so as he looked at women, he did not see that, that we have, you know, uh, the image of God fully in men and fully women. It was the image of God is fully in men and then women were something else. Well, if you have that theology as a starting point, which I would say is very bad theology, if you have that as a, as a starting point, it leads to a lot of other things. And I think that's where we get a lot of the issues today. But one of the things I want to begin with is just uh, addressing uh, Augustine's bad theology. Uh, Are only men made in the image of God? Is this why we get this image of God as male? Because is that really what it means for for God? Uh, I would say uh, we, we have both males and females getting our source material from God. And I think this is very clear in the scriptures. And yet uh, there have been those who either haven't seen it or have just misunderstood this. But a couple of passages I wanna read as we get to Isaiah. So just hold your spot in Isaiah. But if you go right to the very beginning, the book of Genesis, and you look at uh, the, the setup of all of this, it's very clear what God is, is, is saying. And, and I think if we are willing to just see it, uh, and again, from Michelle's point of view, if you don't have a lot of the, the history or maybe the baggage there, it might be easier for you. But check out what what Genesis chapter one, verse 26 says. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. I want you to notice there, the the word is mankind, and that might be different in your version, but that's the idea of people. Let us make humanity, if you will, in our image. It's not singular to Adam. It is it is idea of, of all of, of, of mankind. And then if you go to chapter five, you see the same idea repeated again in verse one. It says, this is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, again, humanity, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. Now, I would say uh, this is very clear that both men and women are made in the image of God. And, And if we acknowledge that, we have to acknowledge women are equally in the image of God and God is equally represented somehow in, uh, in, in whatever it means for us to be female. And so we have all these ideas, again, from the very opening pages of scripture. You're preaching today. Here we go. <laughs> and so I would say this, it, it would be more accurate to say God is more than male and more than female. 
And, and so again, the words that we use get really tricky here. And, and, and Michelle and I have even talked about how do we say this uh, efficiently and say this accurately, but God is, is not just a male. God is not just a female. God is more than male. God is more than female. Both genders that we understand come from God. God is the source material for all of this. Well, what would be another word for source material? Like DNA? I don't know. I don't know either, but <laughs> whatever we have, the point is we get it from God. And, and so uh, we didn't create female out of something apart from God. It all goes back to God. And so again, if we acknowledge we have men, we have women, we have to acknowledge this is somehow linked back to God. If you believe that there is a God and that we were made in God's image, which we certainly do. And, and so all this goes back. Now, again, uh, God as the father, as we you know, traditionally think of, of God, does not have male. DNA. And so uh, we, we can get kind of locked on this, but there are, are aspects of, of what we understand about God that the scriptures often talk about and often help us understand. But there's also aspects that give a, a feminine understanding of, of who God is. And again, this is not just DNA related, uh, but a, a feminine idea of the role that God plays. And so if you're with me in uh, Isaiah chapter 42, I wanna show you three different passages in the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah is a great case study on this, but I want you to listen to the, the mothering images that are used to uh, help us understand who God is and, and, and just go, okay, is this how we think of God? And how would this change it if we thought of God in this way? So Isaiah 42, if you look at verse 14, it says this, for a long time, I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. This is spoken of God, that God compares uh, God's self saying, as a woman in childbirth, right? As a woman in labor, this is God connecting with that image to help us understand what God is feeling. Now, again, maybe that's a, a strange image to you, but this is what the scriptures make room for. If you're in Isaiah, uh, jump a, a few chapters forward, go to, to chapter 49. And uh, in verses 14 and 15, you get another one of these images. And again, these are weaved throughout the book of Isaiah. And, and Isaiah 49, 14 says this, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Again, God saying, can a mother forget her nursing child? And God saying, just like that, I will not forget you. It is God connecting to a mothering image, a mothering analogy to help us understand what God is, is, is experiencing and wants us to experience with God. And then one more, if you jump to chapter 66 of Isaiah, I know I'm making you work a little bit today, uh, but if you jump to chapter 66, you get to verse 13. And, and these are just a number of examples we find in the scriptures of, of female imagery used of God. Isaiah 66, 13 says this, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. As a mother comforts her child, God says, that's how I want to comfort you. And I think that's so beautiful. Now, 
I'm obviously not a mother. Uh, and so uh, I can connect with these, but I connect with them as, uh, you know, my experience with my own mother. I'm curious for you, Michelle, you are a mother. You can connect with these in a different way. How do these passages help you see God differently? Well, I think God comparing God's self to a woman in labor or a mom comforting her child. And actually there's even, I mean, there's a lot of images actually throughout scripture, not even of just the passages that he just shared that have that mother aspect to it. And, you know, this year has been an interesting one because a few months ago I had, um, uh, medically I needed a hysterectomy and kind of leading up to this mother's day, it's been a really interesting one. Not that I would um, have any more biological children, but just this idea that like I re- my body really can't. And um, I know Mother's Day, and this it's just we we've talked about this that Mother's Day is such an odd one because we want to come in here and have just this happy go lucky day, but for so many it's just not that. And especially even in this season, it's um, even even trickier. And I I think that God relating as someone who has compassion like a mother, who is passionate like a mother and comforting is um, obviously attributes that I know that I want to have as a mom. But, you know, times are just so weird. And uh, something that has been challenging for me is how do I parent and, and be a mother to children during uh, this season of such unpredictability. And my brain, as well as your brain, you know, they, it sees unpredictability as a threat. And so we want to try to figure out as much as possible to um, make it go back to the way it was before, uh, the time that we're in right now. And it is just really challenging to try to solve issues right now. You know, moms of young kids, you know, you're worried about all these small little things. And if you're, if you ever have a conversation or you are a mom of older kids, you know that all of those little snapshots um, are part of a really, really big, long movie. And you don't necessarily need to stress about all of these small little moments, even the moments that we are in right now, but just even beyond the normal day-to-day mom stuff that I'm facing right now of just the normal, you know, kind of parenting trials is that now I'm trying to figure out what does it look like to mother in a pandemic and how to parent in a world that has some really, really challenging and tough realities. And, um, you know, I know my kids are watching, you know, what I do and that their worldviews are ultimately linked to my worldviews and how I care for others right now. And, you know, not even just that, but how am I generous with the resources that I have? You know, am I willing to share, you know, the extra toilet paper or food or um, money that I have with those around me who may really be struggling in a time like this, I know that they're paying attention. They're watching how I'm choosing to serve our neighbors and our friends and our life group. They're looking to see how am I encouraging to others and forgiving others. 
And something that I really feel like is in me as a mom is that I'm incredibly persistent. And I think that they're watching to see um, how I push through a season like this and love unconditionally. And so, you know, all of the stuff that normally would get me stressed out and worried, you know, I'm trying to realize that maybe I need to put that on the shelf and focus in on these other things that I think may be more important. You know, Jackie Hill Perry said, we cannot model what we don't believe. And, and the reverse is true of that. We can model what we do believe. We can model what we do believe. And, um, you know, the last few days, we've had some really tough conversations in our house surrounding Ahmad Arbery. And, um, you know, I thought about whether or not this is worth even talking about on a Mother's Day message. Um, But I think it's important to talk about it because as somebody who wants to raise a generation of people who love others unconditionally. You know, my kids are watching what I do in this season. They see that I called the governor of Georgia. You know, our, I would just want to say to our black friends, you know, who are watching this, um, what do you need from us? What do you need your white friends to do or not to do? You know, Jeremy talked about last week, you know, this idea of blood crying out from the ground. And I think, you know, a question I've thought of is if they didn't have any recording of this, the last, you know, we wouldn't know about it. And I think there's a lot of blood crying from the ground. And we as believers have, we should have something to do with that and fighting for justice in this way. And um, I know I feel just helpless. And um, yet I have this desire for my kids to see that the people of God love differently than the world. And I don't care if your kids are grown, if you have little kids, if you don't have kids, if you are in any way shaping and want to shape the next generation, then we need to care more about creating a royal priesthood of believers that um, all don't look like you and me. That it's made up of a lot of different people. And I know that I want to be somebody who leads a family and leads my children and speaks to issues like this so that the next generation can have a different story. Um, So I think all of these attributes that I strive for as a mom and the ones that maybe you love even in your own mom or or that you strive for if you are a mom, um, I think we all can agree whether you have children or not that God has a lot of similarities to things that I strive to be and you strive to be. 
I think God is all of these things. He's caring and generous, a servant, encouraging, forgiving, persistent in truth and justice, and loves unconditionally. And God is all of that. Amen. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I think what has been so amazing to me is, uh, and she has taught me this so well, you know, we think about parenting a lot and it's, uh, we think about the intentional lessons we're trying to teach our kids. Like I got to sit down, I got to teach them this idea. Really what's happening right now is our kids are watching us deal with a very hard time in real time. And our reaction, our process, uh, what we focus on, our attitude that probably speaks far more than the homeschooling lessons and the things that we're intentionally trying to teach them. I hope so. And I think, yeah, for both of our sakes, I hope we are not held accountable to that as much, <laughs> but uh, we're doing our best with homeschooling. Um, but I think that's the really reality is, is our kids are watching. And in the midst of that, it's what's beautiful to realize that, that God is, is meeting us there as well. And as we're trying to make sense of this, God wants to be there with us. God wants to help us deal with all that is overwhelming. And so, you know, as Michelle was talking about this, you know, God has all the very best of of what it means to be a father. God has all of that. God also has all of the very best of what it means to be a mother. So whether that is your memories of your mother, uh, whether that is you being a mother, whether that is a mother you know, when you see, you know, motherhood at its finest, I hope you see the source of that is actually from God. That is all from God. And so we should not disconnect and go anything male related, that is from God. But when, when we see the beautiful aspects of mothering, God is that. And, and here's the, the incredible truth. I think we need God to mother us right now. I, I think we need God as mother when we are in the midst of, a, a pandemic. And one of the ideas that I just love, this is something that Jesus says in Luke 13, 34. And I love this image of, of Jesus saying this. It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Jesus looks out over the city and gives this incredibly mother, uh, mothering image. I want to gather you under my wings as a protective mother. I want to bring you in. And yet you weren't willing. And I wonder how often because of bad theology or lack of, of experience or whatever it was, we have not connected with this beautiful understanding of who God is. And as a a season like this, when uh, there is so much fear, there is so much uncertainty, uh, and and that's just with uh, the coronavirus. And then you start adding in uh, other, other daily news that we get, that we go, what do we do with that? I think it's time we created space to know God as mother and experience God as mother. And so that really is our encouragement to you as, um, as we were trying to figure out how do you have a Mother's Day message in the midst of all that's going on. Uh, we just felt like the reality is we, we need to create space for this. We need to encourage uh, one another to experience God in this way. And so uh, for some of you, the, the experience of God as father has been incredible for you. 
But some of you, you may need to experience God as mother and you may need to, to start that. And, and maybe you need to pray to God as mother and start opening the channel of this and go, God, I need to experience this part of you. I've never experienced this part of you. And especially in this season, wouldn't we benefit from having God as our mother? You know, author uh, Shauna Nequist says it like this. We know all about God, our father, and the beautiful images that go along with that idea. The strong, faithful, unshakable love of a father. But to only know God, the father, would be like only knowing daytime, but never night. To see the sunrise, but never the gentle haunting rise of a harvest moon low in the sky, blood red and beautiful. To know only the Father God would be like seeing the bright, dazzling sun, but never the stars spreading across the sky like so much fairy dust. God, our mother, feeding us, nourishing us, giving us what we need to grow and thrive taking care of us in big and small ways, seeing us, knitting us back together with love and grace when we have been broken. God, our mother, believing in us. That's what a mother does. She looks into your eyes and she says, I believe in you. I know you. I know you were made for great things. A mother says, you're not too small or too scared. You're not too frail or too flawed. You're mine. And that's all you need to know. Let's pray together. God, we ask and invite you to reveal parts of yourself that maybe we have not known about, And maybe if we have none, and maybe we've never really experienced it. So God, we invite you to mother us right now, to take care of us, to whisper into our ears that we are yours. And so we pray for the hurt, the fear, the stress, the anxiety, all the things that we are feeling right now, things that... Uh, each of us are trying to navigate and trying to figure out a, a way through. And we acknowledge we need to be mothered through this. And, and so we pray that, that you would help us to experience you in this way, that, that you would unlock something in us as we get to experience you in, in radically new ways, that, that this language that we use would become common that we would invite others to see that, that you are not just male, but, but males and females are made in the image of God. All people are made in the image of God. And if we could start to live this out, this, this real practical theology, it would change the world forever. So God, in the midst of this season especially, we invite you to shower us with your love and experience as we learn to connect with you as our mother. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.